0: Yes, even more exclusive content from Sports Key to Wrestling on your podcast feed. And if you're enjoying it, why don't you just help us out and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast app you're enjoying. And also check out all the other content we have. Top Story, new episodes of it nearly five days a week. Vince Russo reviewing Monday Night Raw with Legion of Raw. And every Friday night, Dutch Mantel covering SmackDown and Rampage. Plus exclusive interviews and pay-per-view post shows as well. All on this feed. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're watching me on Sports Gator Wrestling.
1: So, when we at Sports Gator decided to do the first edition of the Sports Gator Wrestling Awards, we immediately wanted to partner with AdSley Shows, not just for their amazing reach. But also for the quality of content that they produce and at the heart of it all is the man you see on your screen the podfather conrad thompson i now have the difficult task of interviewing a man who is the master of interviews so i hope this goes well
0: (laughs) well i don't know about all that man thanks for having me thank you for the opportunity to chat with you today
1: uh, the pleasure is all ours just remember, everyone, so you can listen to who Conrad is voting for, and then you can vote for your own favorite stars as well. You can do so by clicking on the link given in the description. You have the power. You make the choice. Uh, let's begin with how you're doing right now.
0: I'm great, man. Excited to be here. You know, it's uh, it's going to be a fun season for professional wrestling. I know wrestling doesn't really have seasons, but boy, it feels like it does between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. and just an exciting time of year. So, yeah, I'm pumped.
1: And the occasional Saudi Arabian show as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Why not?
1: Sandwiched the really awesome. So, uh, so, before we begin, uh, let me ask you this. So, if you could do a podcast with someone who's not a part of your roster right now, your dream guest, who would you pick?
0: Probably Mick Foley. I mean, I think Mick Foley has become, you know... Uh, a one-man show the likes of which wrestling has never really seen we know he's a great storyteller from all of his great books and i mean he's probably the most universally beloved performer uh, but i think i think mick foley's got a story to tell and you know i don't know if william regal would ever warm up to the idea of doing a podcast but man that guy's been a vault i don't think besides his book that he did uh, several years ago through wwe there haven't been many interviews out there with with regal so he's got a bunch of stories to tell and I know he's still in the middle of a big run, but, but Paul Heyman, man, God, that guy has story for stories for days. That would be phenomenal. So those are probably my top three.
1: Amazing. Amazing. And I'm sure they'll happen at some
0: point. Hey, Hey, it's Conrad Thompson. Like share comment and subscribe to sports to wrestling.
1: So let's go straight into the awards. I mean, um, in these particular awards, we have WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling uh, going head-to-head. We also have a category for everything else. Uh, I mean, all the international wrestling that happens on a global scale. But currently, I mean, when it comes to American programming, what do you enjoy more uh, among WWE, AEW, and Impact?
0: Well, I mean, I, c- I certainly find things I like about every show. Uh, and and that's really what I do is I don't necessarily, you know, go to sleep every night under an AEW or WWE or, or even impact, as you said, blanket. But I do find myself DVRing all the shows, skipping the parts. I don't really care to watch and really focusing on the things I enjoy. And, and because of that, I don't really get as fired up as I see a lot of people do online because they didn't like this segment or they didn't like that segment, I just didn't watch it, you know, so, uh, DVR has really enhanced my wrestling consumption but i think there's something good on every show i can usually find it now i do because i know more of the folks in AEW. wind up watching that show live more often than i do wwe uh but the wwe pay-per-views man i I usually have a whole bunch of folks over and we check those out and like the royal rumble i think i watched it with like six or seven guys and i don't usually do that for AEW pay-per-views but i find myself watching the live show Uh, for AEW more often than I do WWE so I guess maybe a little more AEW right now but that could be changing as we get towards Wrestlemania because I find myself not wanting to wait until the next day to watch Raw I'll DVR it at the end of the night and find what I was looking for
1: all right Uh, are there members of uh, the current uh, uh, you know wrestling landscape who have told you that they enjoy your shows or uh, who have taken offense to something that has been said on your shows
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've got a lot of folks who listen to the shows and we're very blessed to have that be the case, but certainly we ruffle some feathers every now and again. And, uh, if I know them personally, often I will get a text message, but I get lots of DMS and so do my hosts from folks who say, no, that's not exactly what happened And uh, that's what makes this fun is, is we're examining a lot of, a lot of times it's even the same topic. So I'll talk about something with Jr that I've previously talked about with Bruce. And they'll have two totally different takes on it. And I don't think either one is necessarily lying. That's just how they remember it from their perspective. And I think that's what makes this so fun. And a lot of our favorite movies do the same thing where you'll see the same story from different perspectives and now you get a, a real full picture.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, So let's go to uh, the first category, which is moment of the year. Uh, I will name five uh, five nominations and you can pick your favorite. What okay. was in your opinion the moment of the year 2021? Was it CM Punk's big return? Was it Bianca Belair winning at WrestleMania? Was it the forbidden door opening between AEW and Impact Wrestling? Was it uh, Big E becoming the champion after this long? Or was it Brian Danielson going on the way from Wrestlemania coming to AEW and making his impact?
0: It's gotta be seeing punk returning. I mean, for so many fans, it felt like that was never going to happen. And when it finally did happen, it was well worth the wait. It wasn't exactly a surprise, but they didn't beat us over the head with it. And when that music hit, I mean, it was, I don't know, probably a top five wrestling moment for me, just as far as the way you felt. JR did a masterful job on the call. I just think punk's return will stand up for years and years.
1: Amazing, amazing. Um, I think CM Punk could be a very good podcast to have. Oh, yeah.
0: Without question.
1: Awesome. Uh, let's move to the Female Wrestler of the Year. The nominations are Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Dr. Britt Baker, or is it Mickey James from Impact?
0: Well, I, I tell you, if we could count what's happening this year, I would have to consider Mickey James just because I thought it was so cool to see her in the Royal Rumble. I mean, the forbidden door so far has been an AEW thing and it's pertained mostly to men, but for it to happen in the WWE with a female is a huge deal, especially considering the circumstance surrounding her departure from WWE. But to me, this is Bianca Belair's year. I mean, she became a, a made woman. She headlined to WrestleMania. Then she uh, won the title, and you know she she helped welcome back the biggest star from a couple of years ago at SummerSlam, and I know that was really the Becky Lynch story, but it had to happen to someone, and it happened to Bianca Belair. So I, I think this was Bianca Belair's year. Twenty twenty one belonged to her.
1: You mentioned Mickey James uh, and the uh, uh, the idea of WWE doing business with other promotions. In your opinion, what is the biggest WWE versus impact match we could get at this stage?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, although I'm not really sure what the answer would be. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'd have to put some thought into that. But I do like the idea of someone from the WWE who has impact roots, like, say, an AJ Styles. Nice. That could be interesting. Like, if we. If we wouldn't have had the news that's recently broken, uh, I would think something with Josh Alexander and AJ styles could be just phenomenal. Uh, but I'm not sure what, what the biggest money match uh, amongst the men would be, but it's a fun idea. And that's what really, you know, as a fan, when I think of the quote unquote after mags, I think of those dream match scenarios. I think when they would say who would win if Goldberg, you know, fought stone cold, or if the undertaker fought sting. And that's what makes this whole forbidden door talk so fun is it makes me think about you know with being with my mom at the grocery store and seeing all the magazines there of these hypothetical dream matches and now some of them are happen happening it's really really cool
1: but uh, do you think it's feasible or uh, rather plausible that in the future uh, wwe and aw will do some kind of a supercard we didn't get wcw versus wwe uh, but do you think this could happen
0: uh, I, I can't imagine that it would, no. Yeah. That sounds
1: like a bad... Anyway, uh, so let's move on to the next category, which is Tag Team of the Year. We have the Usos, we have the Lucha Bros, we have RK Bro, we have uh, New Day, and we have the Good Brothers from Impact. What is your Tag Team of the Year?
0: Run run that through me one more time. Who are the, who Absolutely. Are the names?
1: Absolutely. Uh, the Usos... The New Day, the
0: Luja Bros, RK-Bro, and the Good Brothers. You know, the Homer in me wants to say the Good Brothers because uh, I really, really like those guys in real life. But it would be hard to say anybody other uh, than the Usos. The Usos have been featured in a bigger spot than they ever have. Uh, what they've done with the, just the overall presentation of the Roman Reigns character and, and, and just the way it's developed and now that they've used that to help elevate the Usos too, who have always felt were criminally underrated. I mean, it was probably know, seven, eight years ago. I had the good fortune of, of being able to hang out with those guys just a little bit in real life, uh, a SummerSlam weekend and my goodness, the, their charisma, I mean, they could be mega s- single stars and, and they're still doing their thing as a tag team. And, and I'm loving that, but they could be top tier main event super charismatic individual talent in real life it just drips off of those guys so this was their year and uh, i'm excited to see how they build upon it this year so usos for me
1: let's segue from there to male wrestler of the year is it roman reigns piggy brian danielson cm punk or kenny omega
0: all great options you know kenny omega was was probably the most prolific AEW champ yet, uh, Big E having his big moment was huge. Roman Reigns dominated, CM Punk lit the internet on fire. But to me, Brian Danielson's the best wrestler in the world. Uh, that's just my opinion. But who else gets to main event WrestleMania and then help sell out Arthur Ashe in the match of the year against Kenny Omega? This was Brian's ear and you, you you take a look in his rearview mirror and you see where a few years ago we weren't sure if he was going to be wrestling again, and now here he is. You know the biggest match in aew history in new york and then the the main event of wrestlemania and those were in the same calendar year it, it's got to be brian
1: amazing amazing uh the final category that we'll touch upon right now is heel of the year we have roman reigns Britt baker mjf becky lynch and charlotte Flair
0: uh you know listen i'm i'm a homer i love me some charlotte flair but uh m j f is just uh he he's a bad person every year uh inside the ring outside of the ring just a turd human being uh his promo about brian pillman's family <laughs> cemented cemented this for me m j f is the worst he is the worst of the year
1: and I remember he had a moment with you as well, right? Yeah, I think
0: he kind of- Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I go way back with Mr. MJF. and not a big fan. <laughs>
1: amazing, amazing. Is it like, uh, you know, being roasted by Don Rickles? Is it almost like that? Is it an honor in a sense?
0: No, Don Rickles was a, a star with talent. MJF is just a, a pimple on the act of humanity. amazing amazing
1: Uh, you mentioned Charlotte Flair Um, so your podcasting journey started with Ric Flair
0: and obviously
1: a lot of things happened with uh, Ric Flair in 2021 and now he's doing his own podcast with Mark Madden and uh, I mean there were a lot of reports that he was supposed to join the AEW roster as well right like and align with Andrade I I don't know how true they are but there were several reports to that effect Do you think that, um, I I don't
0: don't know that that was true, by the way, I think, I think there's a lot of fans who just, um, say, oh, well, these pieces fit together. So this must be it. I don't think there was ever an actual plan in place for that. I mean, it would have been a cool idea. I'm not arguing that it was never discussed as a hypothetical, but I don't think Penn ever made it to paper on anything like that. I think it was just ideas. And, you know, Rick has been friends with Tony Khan for years. I mean. I think Rick's gone to Tony's birthday and Tony's gone to Rick's birthday. And I mean, for many, many years, they've just, they've been friendly. And I think a lot of fans see that and say, oh, well, this must be what they're doing, but I don't think that was ever necessarily the plan.
1: And the idea of the Four Horsemen reuniting in AEW and everything. I, I believe, uh, I mean, that's what the fans probably thought, right? I mean, right. Put the pieces together. I mean,
0: here's the thing. The Four Horsemen reunite uh, about four or five times a year at a convention. So it's not something we haven't seen. It's just something we haven't seen on television. But even still, I don't know what they would do. I mean, I'm sure they would come up with something creative. But again, I don't think there was ever any serious conversation in that direction. That's just my opinion.
1: Do you think the uh, the world can forgive Ric
0: Flair at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think many have. I mean, he's he's been making appearances pretty consistently since, and you know, it's it's unfortunate what happened, but it did happen twenty something years ago, and now there's been a bright light shined on it, and I understand that, but um, I don't think if you were if you were paying attention for the last twenty years, this was not necessarily new information. This was an old story and it's clearly, uh, an ugly spot, but as they say, there's two sides to every story and that's not something that's popular to say, but it seems like it's died down and sort of went away. Uh, now, you know, I, I think we have to judge people based on the here and now and how they are right now. And I think there is a perception about how Rick re- is in real life versus, you know, his, his television persona or his tweets. Uh, But I don't think his tweets really convey who he is. If you know Ric Flair and you get to have a conversation with him in real life, you'll see he is a very emotional guy and he wears his heart on his sleeve. And just like you've seen sometimes in promos, boy, he'll he'll cry at the drop of a hat. I mean, it's, he's very emotional and he loves hard. And yeah, I just think uh, it was an unfortunate situation and I I hope it was a, a teachable moment we're all involved because boy it was a mess there for a minute but it feels as if given the fact that he's out there making appearances and doing his thing that rick flair fans want to remember the good times And, and i know i do you know just to draw a parallel i'm still a big hulk hogan fan and i know that i've you know been roasted about that online before but i became a wrestling fan because of hulk hogan and i'm all i'm always going to when i enjoy wrestling revert back to the, I don't know, six or seven or eight year old who just absolutely loved Hulk Hogan. And that was really sort of, uh, what lit the match that started this fire for my wrestling fandom. And I think a lot of folks, whereas Hulk Hogan was my guy, Ric Flair is their guy and, you know, if you're a golf guy, uh, and, and maybe you're my age, tiger woods was your guy. And I guess what I'm saying is no one is without fault and. I think everyone is is trying to learn and get better, and I think we can all take a look in our rearview mirror and say, "Boy, if I had that to do over again, I would do this differently." But whatever the antics were, I don't think anybody can say that that's been an issue for decades at this point. And I could be wrong, but it just feels like that story just. It's died down and I hope that we learned something from the conversation and I hope that we're better for it. But yeah, I think a lot of wrestling fans enjoy wrestling for what they grew up on, for the nostalgia, for the way they felt as a kid. And man, there were a lot of folks who grew up with Ric Flair and they'd love to belly up to the bar with him and have a cold mellow life.
1: Is there a Ric Flair story uh, that happened with you that probably people don't know that you could share?
0: Probably not any I should share.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Uh, okay. Uh, my final question before we move on to the next part is, uh, so 83 weeks is such a such an integral part of your roster. Um, I, I mean, it's a show I regularly uh, listen to. Do you think there could be another period when AEW overtakes WWE?
0: No. No.
1: Why do you say that? I, I wish
0: I could give you a longer, you know, more verbose answer, but the reality is WWE has such a global footprint and such a head start for decades that it would take so long for AEW to catch up. But I don't think AEW ever intended to dethrone WWE, whatever that even means. Like, I think when you start a business, let's say you and I wanted to start a hamburger stand, we're probably not saying our mission is to eliminate McDonald's. No, our mission is to make as much money as we can. They got as much profit as we can, by making the type of burgers that we like. So if we get to produce a product that we like, we get to employ people that we like working with and we create revenue for ourselves that exceeds our expectations, well, that's a win. And, and, and I think that that's what Tony Khan is doing. I I don't think it's, and I understand the competitive nature of sports and business. And for that matter, entertainment. Because we hear when Superman has this big opening, or or, or WrestleMania has this big box office, or Spider Man sets a record over the weekend, or what have you, they talk about that. Oh, it, it beat Jurassic Park or Star Wars or whatever. Um, but in reality, man, we just want something to go pay our money to to watch and enjoy. And and folks are doing that with AEW. So I think AEW is a success without beating WWE because. That wasn't the intent to create AEW. Uh, Eric Bischoff always says you can be in business. You can be less than you can be better than, or you can be different than. And I don't think that AEW is less than, I don't know that they're better than, but I know for sure they're different than, and and that's the idea is to create an alternative and I think they've done that in spades. So to me, AEW is a huge success as a fan because they've given me a real alternative.
1: Is it awkward as, uh, I mean, you are clearly a big fan of Tony Khan's. Is it awkward being part of the same, uh, uh, con- I, I mean, chatting with Eric Bishop, who's so critical of Tony Khan at times uh, on your podcast?
0: No, because I'm really good friends with Bruce Pritchard. And you can log in Twitter and see that there's a lot of folks who are critical of Bruce Pritchard. Uh, so, no, I mean, my friendship and frienddom doesn't, doesn't mean that all of my friends have to be friends and you know, I, I wish that, and there are a lot of things that, that Eric compliments Tony on. Unfortunately that doesn't get reported. That doesn't make the news cycle. The negativity makes the headline, but in reality, Eric probably has 20 compliments for Tony Khan and two criticisms, but we never hear about those 20. We just hear about the two.
1: Uh, and the Dave Meltzer rants, I mean, they have become a staple.
0: <laughs> well, but I think the Dave Meltzer rants are, are at this point just for entertainment, you know, I mean, I could be wrong. I, I'm sure that Eric really doesn't like some of the, the practices or, or the way he writes or whatever, but just like Dave gets to be critical of the wrestling product, I think it's okay if someone's critical of his product. And it is interesting that there's backlash when that happens. Uh, because those same folks, they're going to turn around the next day and be very critical of what they see on TV. Well, what's the difference. But, but I like to think that if, if I could get Eric Bischoff and Dave Meltzer together, uh, they'd have a Coke and a smile and be just fine. Uh, because in real life, they're both great guys. I I could have a great conversation with Dave Meltzer about wrestling or business or any of that. We actually found ourselves in Japan at the same time and got to spend some time together and he was phenomenal, like such a nice guy. So great to meet him and spend some time with him and same with his son. But I feel the same way about Eric Bischoff. Before I met Eric, I had in my mind's eye a perception of what he was going to be like. Man, he exceeded all expectations and now he's become one of my best friends. So I just know that they have enough similarities that if we could get them together, boy, they would really like each other. But for right now, that's, well, probably not gonna happen. So we
1: have set the stage perfectly. Can
0: you tell everybody watching about ad-free shows? Yeah, listen, uh, I do a bunch of wrestling podcasts. I mean, a bunch. Uh, So we created like a super Patreon, if you will. So you can hear all of our shows without the ads, and we provide a bunch of bonus content. So like, for instance, we found Jim Hurd. We sat him down and talked to him for a couple of hours and got his side of the story really for the first time. Then we did the same thing with Jim Crockett Jr., and unfortunately it happened right before his passing. We were lucky to get that interview on tape because he had such a story to share. And if we wouldn't have gotten it, who knows what would have happened with those stories, uh, but we also create inter- interactive experiences. So you could zoom with Jim Ross or you could zoom with Arn Anderson, or you could watch an old nitro with Eric Bischoff and asking questions. Recently, we even had Ric Flair on where we watched the 1992 Royal Rumble to celebrate that match. And fans had an opportunity to come on and ask Rick questions about that match. It really is a unique experience that you don't have to leave your house for that you can't find anywhere else. It's adfreeshows.com.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. And you have heard what the podfather had to say. You have heard all his picks. Now it's your time to go and vote for your favorites uh, from 2021. So thank you for tuning in. And thank you for your time, Conrad Thompson.
0: Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you having me.